Welcome to Waste Not and Feed the Need, podcast for Los Fishes Family Kitchen. Today's interview is with Michelle Young, Senior Management Analyst, Recycling and Waste Reduction, County of Santa Clara, California. Please enjoy. Welcome to Waste Not and Feed the Need, Life's and Fishes podcast. My name is Mauricio Cordova. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm here with David Hodd. How are you, David? Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome again to another <laughs> podcast. I have no energy today, I promise. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hold you to that later. And uh, we have the pleasure to be here today with Michelle Young with the County of Santa Clara. Michelle's involved in a lot of things that have to do with uh, recycling, uh, uh, uh repurposing, uh, organics, waste, and you, you name it. I know she does a lot of different things throughout the county and that she's done a lot of other things. And I'm probably going to miss a few if I try to continue trying to name some of the stuff. But welcome, Michelle. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. Excellent. So, Michelle, you know, we'll just kind of jump in. Tell us a little bit about your experience, what's going on with you, and some of the background. I know, like I said, I, I've seen a lot of things you've done. Tell us a little bit of what you've been involved all these years and what got you to this point right now uh, on, on your career. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, well, I think most people who are in the solid waste industry have some sort of storyline about how they came there uh, because it's often a circuitous route. Uh, and for me, in terms of this conversation, it's interesting because my original career focus was agriculture because I wanted to feed people. And I did my degree in agriculture at Cal Poly and then actually went overseas and taught in Africa, taught food production and um, community development there. And then really got connected to resource conservation because I was realizing that food production without healthy soil and water was a little bit slowed down. So I got a, a slightly rerouted into environmental resource conservation and then had the opportunity to work with the city of San Jose on their agricultural composting program and worked a lot with farmers who were using large amounts of our uh, fantastic compost. And so I kind of came into solid waste through soil um, health and food production. And so fast forward, 25 slash 30 years <laughs> and I feel really blessed to be um, part of the um, the newer conversation with our new legislation which I know we'll talk about later uh, which really focuses some of the uh, focuses back on some of those topics of using organics to their best purpose which includes feeding people and feeding the soil and not feeding landfills. Wow, that is fantastic. You know, I can only imagine what it would be to experience something like you were in Africa and, and a different culture and everything else. Uh, I know those cultures are very big on uh, reuse, repurpose, uh, repair compared to us. So, you know, as we talk a little later on SB 1383, it'd be great for you to give us a, a perspective of what you saw there and maybe what if you've been keeping up with what's going on over there, what are the things that they're doing that we could potentially learn, right? I think we're very, uh, uh, well, we think we know everything, right? Because <laughs> where we are. And I, I, and I think that's not the point. I think there's a lot of things we can learn from other countries and other cultures. So that will be great to, to learn about that. That is fantastic. Oh, my God. You... Uh, You've done a lot, uh, a lot of things. So thank you for, for sharing a little bit of your background. 
Uh, I'm going to pass it on to David. David, please. Uh, you know, it in. all makes sense, Michelle. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> like the light went on. I'm like, and that's the note I wrote. Like you, you started in agriculture. That's so awesome. And I'm a hippie with short hair, right? It's yeah. like, keep it out of the ground. It doesn't turn into methane. It doesn't create that hole. That's so what we discuss, of course, in, in the hippie land that I live in. You know, keep it out of the ground, put it in people's bellies and and such a wonderful thing. So, you know, you brought up some legislation. And of course, you know, we all talk about we're always involved in we're on committees often discussing activities, aren't we? And uh, and I, I, I actually am a nerd. I've read the whole law because that's just how nerdy I am. <laughs> SB 1383. And uh, I geeked out on it because of the opportunity that it, it helps to present to us as those in the same field, what do you find to be um, some aspects? I know you've done a lot around the efforts of making sure that we uh, educate and, and create programs. Could you tell us more about your experience around the law that you mentioned that we've referred to as SB 1383? Absolutely, absolutely. And as I said, I'm really excited to be back in the solid waste industry at this time. I worked for many years in my career earlier on at the state level on um, getting organics out of the landfill uh, for some of the reasons that we'll talk about. And so um, this landmark legislation is the the largest and, and most um, all inclusive in uh, over 30 years uh, since since AB 939 uh, started us on the bottles and cans recycling world. So now what we have with SB 1383 is actually a climate action bill. So it does come from the climate side of the house. And so as you mentioned, um, David, we're, we're trying to get organics out of the landfill um, to hit one really key purpose, which is to slow the uh, increase of, of climate producing gases. In this case, our climate warming gases, in this case, methane. So when organics, um, everything from newspaper to food to yard waste is buried in a landfill because there's no air there, it makes methane, which is a very uh, powerful um, greenhouse gas. So the legislation kind of came from that position. But as they built it out and got input from the hundreds and thousands of contributors across the state, um, we they were really able to build in um, a lot of other benefits um, to to the to the rule. So I'm going to just go over a couple key provisions, and then that'll please. kind of show, yeah. kind of show you yeah, how we're going to get yeah. these benefits. But I, I'm not going to read from the law, although. Um, Kudos to you for reading the whole thing. Oh, I'm uh, just I'm just a nerd. I can't help myself sometimes. And he said it. and it he would be it. for time, for time, honestly, for the purposes of time, it's better you pick the things that you focus on because no, I tend it's... to go off on a tangent. <laughs> it's I'll tell you, it's all in there. It's all good. I've read it many times and I still keep finding uh, new things. New nuggets. So, yeah. so a couple of the key provisions of this law, which is in effect already, by the way. Um, so 2022 was our launch point and we are we are um, actively under SB 1383 um, compliance. So one of the key provisions to a lot of listeners, well, any listener, is that residential and business waste generators 
um, are required to divert organics from the landfill. So that means they've got to have some sort of service or some sort of plan to either move the materials off-site to an organics processing facility or like loaves and fishes, find a way to process it on-site um, through composting, anaerobic digestion, and, and other, other types of, of methods. So um, the mandatory organics diversion is a key part of the law. And that also includes monitoring. So the jurisdictions are all required to monitor generators. This is going to be the first time that um, jurisdictions are required to go look in the bins and make sure that organics are not ending up in the garbage and are going in, in another way. So uh, that's a really key uh, provision. Um, the other thing, which I know we're, we're here to talk a lot more about, um, is the diversion of edible food. So statewide, California needs to divert 20% of the edible food, which is currently being disposed. And the state needs to do that first goal by 2025. So we're on a pretty tight timeline to capture edible food that's currently going into the garbage and make sure it gets to people that can eat it. So um, uh, that's that's really um, exciting. And then one of the other things to kind of wrap this in a bow as well is jurisdictions are also required to purchase materials such as compost, mulch, energy, or natural gas, which is produced from those materials that are collected in collection um, programs. So um, they're trying to close the loop and develop more facilities that can handle the organics that are not appropriate for, for food recovery and, and edible food programs. So we want to make sure there's capacity to handle the organics we do collect, but we really want to focus on getting edible food to people first um, and animals, compost, and hopefully landfill never, but in that hierarchy. So as you can imagine, there's lots of activities on the part of all the jurisdictions which are required to implement this new law. Well, you know, I think that I, I love, I'm sorry that I'm hearing, are you hearing feedback? Yeah, you're, you're I'll coming turn it over to you. All right. Um, can you hear me better? Yes. I'm not yeah, hearing any feedback, so I think it's on your. Perfect. It was Perfect. It's, it's, I think it's, I think, <laughs> I think I'm back. You know, you, I'm grateful you picked up those key elements because that truly represents many of the efforts that we've seen you be involved with related to programs and ideas to help to educate all of us about how we can participate with those activities, not only the generators, but the food recovery organizations, and then also the local jurisdictions, right? It, can you share with your share with us your experience of how you how you brought so many parties to the table to help have such a wonderful dialogue that I've been able to witness and see as I've been on these committees? Well, absolutely. It, it, and it is really exciting. And I feel like I'm a little bit of a um, new participant to a, a very mature conversation in Santa Clara County. So as you know, the food recovery infrastructure in Santa Clara County is very deep and very rich. And I think what's exciting about this legislation, daunting too, but exciting is <laughs> that it's bringing all these new people to the conversation 
um, with their resources, their ideas, and of course, regulatory requirements, which are often <laughs> some of the things that drive us forward. So um, we have to take we have to take that uh, with the with the rules at innovation and and movement in that way. So I do feel like I'm coming into a conversation and an infrastructure that is already rich and and uh, well historied in the area. Um, for example, um, the uh, Food Recovery Council is already a meeting place where the food recovery organizations um, have been meeting and talking and planning. What I see that's kind of new and to me one of the most exciting parts uh, about the, the legislation is that there's um, an increased focus on coordination among a broader number of agencies and and requiring um, jurisdictions to share ideas throughout the state. So I've seen more um, jurisdictions sharing ideas and getting together and talking about what's working and what's not than I've ever seen in 30 years. So really there's a lot of jurisdiction um, coordination interdepartmental within my own agency there's a lot happening between departments that maybe in the past didn't chat a whole lot together so procurement and planning and sustainability and solid waste all getting together at a table on public health and and talking about solutions to these things and again looping back to to what i see as as the biggest um plus here is this interagency coordination that's happening. And a couple of um, really great examples would be, um, again, the, the, the Food Recovery Council. Um, but then we also have uh, in the county the Food System Alliance, which is a group of um, government and non-government organizations that are sharing and nonprofits that are sharing information, again, about how to feed people, how to support our local agriculture, and, and obviously to meet the other goals of, of not wasting resources. Um, and so that's been a fantastic opportunity. So Michelle, that's some really good information that you just shared. Are there aspects of how you're looking at this or how it's been implemented that details that may be added to what you just shared for us? Absolutely. And, and I think um, as a county governmental agency, what we're seeing is a coordination happening on many levels. And so I'm gonna share a few of them with you because later when we talk about how people can fit in, it'll be helpful to know what some of these um, coordination points are. So one key area where county and city government coordinates is with our technical advisory council. So the mm. county has a recycling and waste reduction commission, like many of the other commissions, it's focused on um, again, resource management and making sure that we're um, we're really making good choices with our resources and using them to their highest and best use. So the the um, commission has two committees: the technical advisory committee, which is made up of all 15 cities in Santa Clara County, as well as an implementation committee, which helps to manage countywide funds that come from landfill fees. And those funds are used collaboratively among the 15 cities. And those um, participants will choose key projects that will be implemented using those countywide funds. So, um, 
And those are some of the meetings uh, that both of you are have been involved <laughs> yeah. in. So maybe for you getting into the solid waste conversation is new, just like for me getting into the food recovery organization or conversation is new. So we're again, we're sort of having this cross pollination that's happening and it is helping people to, you know, sort of connect the dots. Yeah. But really one of the key things that we've been able to do through this um, technical advisory committee and the funding from countywide funding is we have been able to implement a countywide edible food program, food recovery program. And the way we've done this, because Santa Clara is not a joint powers of authority, so all the cities have to agree and vote for any of the activities that we do, which is a, which is, which is a good thing. And so the, the implementation committee has voted to contract with one entity to manage the food recovery under 1383 for all 15 cities. So this is um, has been several years in the making <laughs> and uh, we're really um, way ahead of most counties in the state from what the state tells us. We are um, an exemplary program and, and we do get calls from counties all over the state asking us how we're doing it and, and, and getting information from us and um, sharing resources, et cetera. Uh, but basically we're contracting with Joint Venture Silicon Valley, who, as you know, is, is a, just a really powerful hub and connection point for this uh, food recovery conversation. And so now that they're contracted with TAC, they create this great liaison between the solid waste side of the house, bringing information to us about um, how the uh, food recovery industry is set up and how we can best support. And then also taking the rules and regulations and available resources out to the food recovery um, industry. So um, Robin Martin at Joint Venture and her team have just been invaluable in creating that hub uh, between our solid waste and food recovery uh, conversation. So they are currently contracted to manage the countywide food recovery program and then recently um, have been contracted additionally to help with the monitoring program for those businesses who need to recover food under 1383. That is so neat to add those elements to to set, I always go to food references, sorry, set the table to talk <laughs> about the discussion, the menu of ideas, right? I can't help myself. But I've been on those, you know, both with Santa Clara County and then also San Mateo County's uh, emphasis and focus on those efforts that you've talked about. And you're right. Santa Clara County's program is solid and it's talked about. And I, from the northern portion of the state and the southern portion of the state, most definitely it's something to be proud of, um, that you're setting a standard that individuals can use and borrow from so they don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I appreciate how you also brought up the point that we work together at this. We're borrowing ideas, co-mingling ideas, and sharing best practices. And then, of course, you know, uh, a la carte, was an incubated program out of Joint Ventures of Silicon Valley. So I have a little heart in that too, because that's where I came from into Loaves and Fishes. So, so cool. And thank you so much for that detail. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, 
I think it makes a difference on how it's set up because, like I said, we're part of a lot of the organizations and groups. I mean, with CRA, the California Recovery Research Association, and we're in, you know, edible recovery committees and so forth. Um, one of the things that I have by being part of the TAC, and now we're being there for three years, thank you, Michelle, for supporting us on that. And, and the IC, it's been, you know, to your point, we learned a lot. I have learned a lot about all the things that yeah. I never thought I was going to learn. And and it's interesting how you, and some of the stuff that you talked earlier about, the SB 1383 and everything, they're trying to close the loop. It's like this circular economy that we're trying to get ourselves into, right? For everything, mm -hmm. for manufacturing. So before a product comes out, there should be already be answers of how everything's going to work. So there's no waste, right? And this is sort of beginning in, in a lot of different ways, but one of the things that I've seen with all the cities is the ability of compromise and kind of uh, don't try to like up one each other. And I've seen that <laughs> in other counties and other places where, I mean, you know, it's very simple for, uh, you know, a CDX for not mentioning a city and make an example. Somebody's like, what are you talking about I me? Mean, you know, saying, no, I don't like this. I want to do this. Or a lawyer said this. And, you know, everybody seems to be doing, you know, certain things. They'll tweak it when they get it. But I think the tweaks are being talked about and they're, there's a, they're realizing that having a common cause and a common guideline, we'll call it that, it works really well, right? And, uh, and that's, there's, it's easier to get things done because I think one of the problems with the law that I have seen is every city, to your point, approaches things differently. Every county thinks approach differently. Mm -hmm. Every region looks different. I mean, I know LA County, LA City, we're doing really good. They also have a pretty good, their program's moving along really well. That's another one that kind of comes up from time to time. But again, it's different. And even just thinking about how Southern California does things and Northern California does things. So I, I think it's pretty neat what I've seen in uh, Santa Clara County and the TAC and I see and, and do that. And kudos for... I will say being patient and finding the right person because, uh, you know, uh, working with Robin and, and joint venture, I'm sure it was at the beginning, people were like, oh, my God. But, you know, we had a chance to work with her a lot. And she's great. And uh, yeah. and, and that's a lot of uh, she's kudos to her. My hat, you know, goes out to, but, you know, I need to like really always praise her because she has to work with 15 entity cities and in the county and everybody and trying to make everybody happy. And. And kudos to her, she's doing it. So that's not an easy uh, task. No. Uh, no. Yeah, a lot of us would not probably have the patience for that. So so that is fantastic that they found the right person with the right organization. And, and the county took advantage of, of that, right? Uh, to yeah. Move forward. Yeah. yeah. And and so, so it's interesting because um, when I first met Robin three and a half or so years ago was actually at one of the um, a la carte events. So we wanted to understand that. And so Robin took us out into the field before we all went home and didn't see each other except in these little boxes for the last few years. <laughs> so it was really great to be out of the field. Um, and, and so, yes, one of the things that I think Robin and all of the organizations, uh, Loaves and Fishes, Second Harvest, all of the groups that we've worked with, um, has really helped us to understand is that um, food recovery doesn't happen under jurisdictional boundaries. So we really right away, um, Robin and the other agencies that we've worked with in food recovery have helped us to see that not only is it at least uh, Santa Clara County, but really Santa Clara and San Mateo, mm -hmm. um, but it really helped us to see that 
the logical solution, the most effective solution was going to be a countywide program that took into account the fact that the food recovery organizations function across jurisdictional boundaries. And there isn't really a, a way to say this food recovery happens in your jurisdiction. So that was really valuable um, for us to get that understanding. Uh, we kind of understand garbage jurisdictions uh, <laughs> because that's been our work for so long and like those all belong to us and they're based on households. But edible food, it's very fluid across boundaries, both in the collection and distribution. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was really valuable and, and really got us um, off to the right foot uh, on um, thinking about how to coordinate. So one of the key things that you were mentioning, Mauricio, is all 15 cities come working for over six months to create our ordinances, to work together to make sure that the rules and regulations that are in each city ordinance are almost identical so that businesses and food recovery organizations working in those areas are not working with 15 sets of rules. And so that was a very big effort and a lot of input um, attorneys from every city in the county. Dream Venture was, uh, like you said, really um, coordinating that effort and bringing in input, as you know, because you guys provided input mm -hmm. from all the food recovery organizations that reviewed those ordinances time and again, reviewed all the communication. So again, we're we don't feel like we're out there on our own creating something that isn't going to work for the industry because that feedback loop is built in for us. So everything that we would draft would go to the food recovery council and get that invaluable input. So we weren't creating rules or education or programming that didn't make sense to yeah. either businesses or food recovery organizations. So, um, that coordination in order to have sort of a countywide program has been critical. Um, and I know that now that we're rolling it out to businesses and really talking to them, it's extremely helpful to have one set of rules, one set mm -hmm. of reporting requirements that mm -hmm. all of our businesses and food recovery organizations mm -hmm. um, can function under together. So that really has, it was a big lift, but it's, been so valuable. Yeah, again, kudos to to you, Michelle, and, and the rest of the uh, IC and Santa Clara County, the cities, because again, it's one of those things that you took the time to to do what you what you guys did, put together a program, talk to the community, understand, and you know that's the beauty of when I think people come together and talk and share ideas, and you're open to that. And it works well. It works well within government, between between government and uh, NGOs and the community members and so forth. And uh, I think it's a great example of how maybe all the things need to be done at a government level, different conversation altogether. But it's great to see it when it works together so well and, and it comes through. Because to your point, this is a law that is going to change how we see a lot of things, and eventually it might change how we see food as a consumer, right, as a personal level. So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, see how everything evolves in three or four years or five or 10. And the beauty of it, mm -hmm. I see, I seen just alone on the, on the tack. And I see is that when he needed to pivot, 
you pivot and you're like, hey, this didn't really work. It's not. No, we need to change it. And we do that. And unfortunately, a lot of folks tend to like double or triple down. Uh, I've seen it to where like, nope, okay, change directions because we're not, we're going down the wrong path, right? And, and kudos to everybody there. Like I said, it, it's been fun to watch that. I've been part of it. Uh, it's been a, it's been a very interesting process, and uh, very happy to be be part of it and, and just be able to share it. So, uh, what else? Uh, you know, how, now how can you how can people get involved? How do businesses, NGOs, community members? How can anybody get involved in this big methane reduction law uh, that you know is is uh, is B thirteen eighty three? What are the things that that anybody and anybody can do and, and get involved and help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so businesses, um, if businesses are required under the law to get into a contract to have food recovery take place at their business, then they have already been contacted by us. So businesses will know if they're in the program because we've contacted all of the, we call them tier one or tier two businesses, depending on the type of and size of business. Some businesses, smaller, uh, not smaller, but um, grocery stores, for example, will be required to start um, uh, contracting for edible food collection starting in 2022. And larger businesses and and um, hotels and restaurants, very large restaurants and things like that wouldn't start until 2024. But all of those businesses in Santa Clara County have already been notified that they um, are required under the law. So we've been, as you mentioned earlier, providing outreach and education about uh, what the requirements are, as well as technical assistance for anything that they might need in order to comply. So um, those businesses have been contacted and provided the resources to follow up. And so and they've been um, very grateful for that support. And and really, as you know, many, many grocery stores and businesses, restaurants are already donating. What the law may require is they need to donate a little bit more and get into some of the food areas that they're not quite as used to. So there's a lot of technical support for that and we're looking at ways to increase the infrastructure to handle that because one of the important things is we make sure that the food recovery industry is supported um the legislation does not provide money per se Mm -hmm. so jurisdictions need to be creative with fundraising with grant writing um and and basically looking at smart ways to support the infrastructure in their area to collect this increasing amount of material. So the businesses um, are really doing a great job and they've been very responsive and supportive of the teams that have reached out to them. So I think most of the businesses are on track uh, for that. For, um, For NGOs, I would say, you know, getting involved in some of the, making sure they're part of the Food Recovery Council, if that is the sector that they're in, and another um, another great organization that people can connect to is our Food System Alliance, which is um, a collection of government and non-governmental organizations that are getting together quarterly to mm-hmm. uh, basically implement our um, food system work plan. So in 2021, 
the county um, passed a very comprehensive and really exciting food system work plan that has a series of goals and strategies that again will link um, public and private sector partners to um, enhance the food system all the way from agriculture to the um, food recovery and hopefully not not waste uh, side of the house. So the full life cycle of food production, distribution and recovery. And so um, the Food System Alliance is a great place for NGOs, for example, to get involved in in that work. Uh, and we're really boots on the ground a uh, quarter by quarter trying to figure out what are our next steps. Uh, we're applying for grants together and um, again, sharing ideas about who's doing what so that we can make sure that we're um, that we're identifying resources. And I would also say to NGOs, if they know of or hear of grant opportunities, they can help us to identify those so that we can, again, bring our big groups together to apply for some of those. Because as much as I'd like to be everywhere and know everything that's going on, you know, all three of us, <laughs> we don't catch everything. So organizations who have their ear to the ground in different places and, and identify um, funding opportunities can bring those forward and we can put the, the big group effort to that. So that's a really uh, valuable uh, tool, uh, you know, to bring to the collaborative effort. And, and finally, you know, you mentioned about that, what can the public do, right? So folks that might be listening here, well, there's several things. One, look at your own food um potentially food waste. <laughs> we know that yeah. we yeah. know that the average resident throws away about a quarter of what we buy. And so there's all kinds of tools online um, that we can connect you with around. Um, and actually you can just put in, you know, uh, food waste reduction and there's great tools for sorting your fridge, you know, shopping lists and various tools like that. So first of all, we want to make sure we're not, wasting the food that we buy. Yeah. Um, as secondly, you know, support your local food bank system. So if you have non-perishables that you're not going to eat, you're going to go on vacation and they're still good. You can take those to a local food bank, but mostly as you guys can maybe, you know, uh, enhance on um, what we understand the food banks need is they need people's time, talent and treasure. Right. So if you can, offer your time or some talent you might have for web design or grant writing. Or if you can't do those things, you can share a little of your treasure and, and donate money because what we really need to make sure is that those organizations are supported by the communities mm -hmm. that they serve. So I, um, I, we volunteered down at Sacred Hearts, just down the street from us. And so we haven't been able to do a lot of in-person lately, <laughs> but I'm excited to get back there. Uh, we've helped with food distributions and various other collecting and palleting and bagging yeah. and things like that. So, and it's really neat for me to be part of my neighborhood. I get to meet people and, and, and I've done composting classes there and they have gardening classes. So there's lots of ways for people to um, share their time and talent um, if they don't have a lot of treasure and, and really support the, the local food banks um, in whatever way you can. So I think those are a couple of 
of great ways that people can contribute to this bigger story we're creating. That is so fully inclusive to ideas <laughs> that can be helpful for us. Cause I always have a follow-up question. Hey, what would you say would be things that people could do to help support the effort? You were like, you've touched it all. So Michelle, <laughs> kudos. Well done. And, and I, I, I feel like you also get that like us, there are creative ways to go about solving any situation or circumstance. And if we're all passionate about trying to emphasize the effort and do something, right? Do something instead of sitting and watching, getting involved. Um, I think the spirit of what I heard you say is get involved, you know, look for options, look for ideas. Thank you for that, David. I, I will send people to reducewaste.org. And the reason that that is such a great hub is you can go to reducewaste.org and you can get the program specifics for every city in Santa Clara County. So if you live in Morgan Hill, you can click on Morgan Hill and they're going to talk about exactly what their curbside program looks like, exactly what the resources are for those residents. Because even though we've got our edible food program centralized in a countywide fashion, collection and other um, jurisdiction-specific services are specific city by city. So you really want to go to reducewaste.org and click on your city, and that will take you to the exact 1383 um specifics for your city it will also collect you uh, connect you with um food waste reduction and composting if you want to manage your food waste on site because you're embarrassed to have your garbage man <laughs> know how much you're actually throwing away yeah <laughs> you can you find know, out about a, comp so awesome. <laughs> a composting program and be completely no the reason it's so great to have home composting is because if you think about those giant trucks that drive up and down the street mm -hmm. and then they yeah. drive all the way to Gilroy and then they have a bunch of big equipment that runs over that food again. So, you know, if anybody can um, can either do backyard or worm composting, um, there's lots of support in Santa Clara County. So if you do end up with food waste, um, you can compost it at home and then you get all the benefits of you know soil restoration water conservation and you save money on on soil uh, amendments but uh yeah but then also your garbage man doesn't know uh that you're throwing away one <laughs> you plus you're back to origin you're back to your origin right uh, you've just taken the full circle back to africa back to right? no, yeah. origin right that it's i love that you mentioned not only the resources you also make it easy to go after potential solutions. Yeah. So Michelle, it is so kind of you to set aside your time and 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 be so like you have so much there's so much up there and we, you put it together so well. I I really appreciate we're, it. We're going to need to have Michelle back uh, eventually for part 2 because there's a lot of things <laughs> that certainly in touch and I'm dying yeah, to learn more about. Yeah, we could go on for another yeah. hour. No, yeah. no, no. I hope you're going to edit some of this. <laughs> Yes, we make it will. a little more streamlined. Well, we have yeah. to. There's yeah. one specific that we need to for sure. Yeah. Right? You know, <laughs> yes, thank you. It's, I think, you know, the beauty of our conversations is, you know, we want the, the public to know that, you know, it's normal people working in the government and these things are trying to make a difference every day for their communities. And 
And I think the point is we all got to get involved somehow and not just wait for that magic wand or the one law or the city or whatever. To your point earlier, you know, do something personally, reduce the amount of food that you waste at home and and look at those things. You can buy a biodigester for your house. They have those little ones that are like $300 or something like that on Amazon. Yeah. You can do those things. There's a lot of different things. A lot of it is just cook less, less leftovers, you know, decided you're going to stay a little hungry instead of cooking that third uh, chicken breast, only cook two and, and things like that, that you can potentially do your own to reduce that. 40% of all the food that we have goes to waste. So imagine yeah. if we didn't have to, so we, our environment would be much better. We didn't have to continue getting rid of uh, 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 forests and things like that to continue growing things that we don't need to grow. We have enough already. So I guess the point like everybody mentioned here is get involved, do whatever little thing you can do and it will make a difference you might not you know think it does but it does right uh, so with that said thank you so much michelle really appreciated you taking the time and uh and sharing the story with us and you know it's just been uh, it's fantastic to hear how passionate everybody is about uh what we're trying to accomplish in different ways right and uh we're not the only ones crazy enough to think that we're trying to solve the world there's so many people you know absolutely and David, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a, again, I stick by my statement. I'm a hippie with short hair. And I'm going to continue right. to be a hippie with short hair. And, you know, we always want to thank our sponsor, Cal EPA, who is so kind enough to provide some funding so that we can do these wonderful podcasts. So we want to say thank you. And, and I, again, want to say thank you, Michelle, for your time and the knowledge that you imparted on this listening audience. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm going to add a, another thank you back to you, too, because I have learned so much about the food recovery industry from you and and uh, others that I've been working with over the past few years. And I just feel like it's a gift every day to be able to learn about, um, you know, how to make a difference. So I, I so appreciate the work that you do and the work that you share. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All You're welcome. Support. All your support and everything you do for the community and for us. Uh, with that, we'll come to an end. It was a great conversation. Thank you again. And until next time, ciao.